Welcome to Space for Our Planet. Space exploration gives us a unique perspective on Earth. In this episode, Luca Palmitano, an astronaut with the European Space Agency, shares his experience of isolation on board the International Space Station. My name is Luca Parmitano. I am an astronaut with the European Space Agency and I flew twice to the International Space Station in 2013 and then between 2019 and 2020. My first experience on board was the mission Volare for 166 days. I flew on the, on the Soyuz, it was called the TMA-M09 and at the time it was my first flight, I was a rookie and I was a flight engineer. My second mission in uh, 2019 launched from Kazakhstan on a, on a different kind of Soyuz called the MS-13. And this time I flew again as the pilot of the Soyuz, but then on orbit the space station. I was the ISS commander for the second part of the expedition, about four and a half months. In total, I spent about 366 days on the ISS I performed six extravehicular activities or spacewalks. I was part of many experiments, both performed by me or where I was the subject. And I also participated in the capture of three vehicles and cooperated in many of the extravehicular activities that were performed by my crewmates. When we talk about responsible consumption and production, we can definitely make a direct link with the International Space Station and the space program. The ISS receives all of its energy from the Sun. From its conception, we knew we were going to use uh, the energy of the Sun to power the ISS and we uh, built it with solar arrays that collected energy from the Sun and then were able also to uh, directed to batteries that would store it for the parts of the orbit where the ISS is not illuminated by the sun. Uh, this system worked for many years until the batteries that at the time were nickel-hydrogen batteries started degenerating. And then a new technology, which is the batteries made up with lithium ions, came up. As a matter of fact, it won the Nobel Prize about two years ago. And thanks to this new technology, we were able to upgrade the electric system of the space station uh, to, well, also introduce it to uh, the 21st century in a way. However, uh, just recently, we also upgraded the solar arrays with a new generation of solar arrays that are uh, smaller but more powerful. And these solar arrays are being tested currently in a way on the space station because they will be the ones that we employ on future stations uh, around the moon and who knows maybe they will be used also for spacecraft that will go further than the moon. The other thing that we do on the space station in terms of uh, um, responsible consumption, consumption and production is that we try to recycle as much water and air that we can. Uh, the space station is not 100% uh, leak proof so we do have a little uh, a little loss of uh, oxygen and other gases. So from time to time we have to put more 
oxygen into the atmosphere, but mostly we are actually able to recycle the atmosphere by scrubbing the CO2 and use it for other purposes. Until, um, until a few years ago, we had a, uh, a system that would then use the CO2 uh, to make methane and water. And so we were able to uh, recycle that too. Uh, but mostly uh, by scrubbing the CO2, even nowadays, we, we just don't need to uh, repressurize the, the space station as often. Probably the most successful thing that we recycle on orbit is water. Water is heavy. For one liter uh, or one kilogram of water, uh, we, we have to send it up with uh, tanks that have to be uh, built and filled with water and put it inside, inside spacecraft and so it's expensive. We are currently able to recycle about 92 to 95 percent of the water thanks to our recycling system and that makes, uh, makes it a lot easier for us to, uh, to use the water that we have and uh, this technology that we have developed should be available everywhere on the ground especially in those locations where water is a very expensive commodity. Even more so, and this is gonna sound strange, more recently uh, we have been trying to extract water even from solid waste. Solid waste is filled with water and uh, the idea of wasting it uh, simply because it's hard to extract was, was not accepted by the space community. So now we are, we are trying to improve even more our water recycling by extracting even from solid waste. Some of the experiments that we carry out on the space station are uh, very much in line with the idea of responsible consumption and production. In particular, I'm thinking of uh, experiments that work on biofuels. We, we all know that as a humankind, we need to get away from fossil fuels. Fossil fuels are rare. Uh, they are, they're not going to be there for us in, in a long time, for a long time, and they are extremely polluting. So the idea of studying non-fossil fuel, biological fuels that can be renewable and can be studied in order to decrease to the minimum the polluting characteristics of these fuels during, during the combustion, I think it's something that really captured my imagination and my hopes. In particular, in orbit, uh, the combustion is simpler to study because the flame is, uh, is perfectly spherical and it also lets us see effects that, are, that you cannot study on the ground. And so hopefully out of these studies in the future we will come up with new biofuels that uh, will decrease the impact on the environment of our human activities. Space exploration gives us a unique perspective on Earth. It's the only way that we see Earth as a unique planet. It's hard to realize how lucky we are when we are on the ground. We, we tend to take everything for granted because it's there, it's available to us, and we just take it. When you are far away, and even though 400 kilometers doesn't seem like a great distance, you start understanding uh, that even the, the smallest things can be extremely precious. And seeing it from far away, you get the sense of how fragile the Earth really is. The atmosphere is a very, very thin line and it protects everything that is alive in the universe that we know. There is no other planet like planet Earth. We haven't been able to find any, certainly not in our solar system, 
and we are not an interstellar species yet. So the idea that we need to protect this planet, the only one that is currently inhabitable, comes very easy to those that have seen the Earth from above. The images that we share every day tell a story. Sometimes they're good stories where we can help farmers uh, better use their, their equipment and their technology to farm. Sometimes it tells terrifying stories. Some of the pictures that we are able to share show uh, destruction, uh, show terrible meteorological events. We have seen them all. Hurricanes, fires, inundations. And a lot of those have been increasing lately because of the, the ongoing climate change. And climate change is something that we influenced with our way of life. And if it means that we have to change our way of life to stop the climate change and possibly in many, many years reverse it, then our stories and our images are a testimony to that. When I was about to leave the space station for the first time back in 2013, I looked at the planet and I realized again how unique it is. And I decided to write something that could express that. When I realized that if I had been a voyager coming from thousands of miles away, millions of miles away, light years away, and I would have come up on the Earth. I would have been fascinated with its, with its blue color, with its water. I would have been fascinated with the green of its hills and pastures and the white of the snow-capped mountains. I would have wanted to feel the breeze of the air. I would have wanted to feel, to smell the salt from the sea. And I would have wanted to feel the sand under my feet because that's the beauty of our planet. And then I realized how lucky I am, because that is my planet, that is my home, and I want to preserve it, and I would like everybody to help me with that. Space for Our Planet is a podcast produced by Tim Cat, with support from the United Nations Office for Outer Space Affairs. We're also supported by the European Commission, DG DEFIS, the European Space Agency, the French Space Agency, CNES, NERUS, the network of European regions using space technologies, and the Canadian NGO, GIVE.